please turn your Bible with you to Romans chapter 12. Today we're going to study one of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture where God speaks to us through the Apostle Paul in the letter he wrote to the Romans, starting Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is communicating God's word, then do it in accordance with your faith. If it's helping, then help. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is leading, do it diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Powerful words. Now, let's notice the flow of thought in these words. First, Paul's thought begins with the theme of how God has done so much for me in Christ. Second, Paul connects what God has done for me with my response and how I must express my gratitude to God by being ready and willing to serve Him. But then the question becomes, how do I serve God? How do I do that? Which leads to the final step in the flow of thought and how I serve God by being ready and willing to serve in the church. That's the flow of thought. Now, let's go back and reflect on these points a little bit. First, Paul reminds me how much God has done for me in Jesus. Verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. These words, in view of God's mercy. That's Paul's shorthand designed to summarize everything that he has said in the first 11 chapters of his letter. In view of God's mercy is Paul's shorthand for in view of the fact that our sin makes us rebels against God who deserve God's wrath. In view of the fact that instead of giving us wrath, God came to us in love in the person of Jesus. In view of the fact that in his mercy, Jesus died on the cross to pay the debt that we owe. In view of 
that mercy where God makes us His children and fills us with His Holy Spirit in view of this mercy where God forgives me and adopts me and loves me and empowers me and gives me life and now and for all eternity. Paul says, in view of the fact that all God has done when He owes me nothing and I deserve none of it, in view of all this, I must respond to God. Which leads to the next part of the thought flow. Paul says that I must respond by expressing my gratitude to God. Verse 1 again. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your true and proper worship. If I have truly received God's amazing mercy in Jesus, I will logically respond with a strong desire to serve God as a living sacrifice. I say that I will logically desire to be a living sacrifice because Paul calls it my true and proper Worship, which is the translation of two Greek words. The first word is logikane, where we get our English word logical. And the second word is latrine, which means service. So presenting my body as a living sacrifice is my logical service of gratitude to God in view of His surprising overwhelming mercy in Jesus Christ. And, of course, when Paul refers to this idea of connecting gratitude with sacrifice, all his readers in the Roman world knew what he was talking about because everyone in the Roman world worshipped by presenting sacrifices. In Rome, the pagans presented sacrifices to their idols. But, of course, by living sacrifice, what Paul really has in mind is the sacrificial system that God commanded in the Old Testament. When God gave the sacrificial system to Moses on Mount Sinai, God gave a very specific and long list of different sacrifices. But in this long list of Old Testament sacrifices, they can all be divided into two categories. All the Old Testament sacrifices were either sin offerings or thank offerings, where sin offerings were given to atone for my sin, and thank offerings were given to just show my gratitude and love to God. Now, when God commands me to offer my body as a living sacrifice, what kind of sacrifice do you think God has in mind? Does God want me to give my body as a sin offering? No. That's who Jesus is. Jesus atoned for my sin, the only one who could, by giving himself on the cross. No, when God calls me to be a living sacrifice, he intends me to give myself as a thank offering to him. So being a living sacrifice is being a walking, talking, thank offering to God, ready and willing to serve him out of a spirit of gratitude. Which leads to the last part of the thought flow here, where Paul explains how I serve God. God wants me to serve Him in a specific way. 
and that is to serve him by serving my brothers and sisters in the church. Paul makes this clear when he says, just as each of us has one body with different parts, these parts do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though we are many, we form one body, and each part serves all the other parts. Then Paul goes on to describe what what it looks like when God's people, out of an overflow of gratitude, start serving each other. Some people serve by communicating God's word. Some help. Some teach. Some encourage. Some give. Some lead. Some show compassion and care in various ways and so on. There are many different expressions of serving in the church, but they all have one thing in common, right? All these serving uh, acts within the church come from this common Expression of gratitude and thanks to God for His surprising mercy in Jesus Christ. How about you? Are you ready and willing? That's the, that's the spirit that Paul's talking about here. A readiness and willingness to be a living sacrifice. Are you ready and willing? God's given you two hands. And, you know, these two hands say something about where you are in terms of a, of a gratitude to God. Uh, some hands tell God to back off and say, God, I, I, I'm not going to serve you. Some hands say, God, uh, sh- get someone else to serve you. Other hands just get thrust in the pockets and say, I'm, I'm too stuck on myself. I'm too insecure to serve you, God. But that's not what God wants. God wants me to bring my hands to Him as an act of worship and gratitude, saying, God, I'm a living sacrifice, and out of my overflow of gratitude for Your mercy to me in Jesus, I serve You by serving my brothers and sisters in the church. What do your hands say about your heart toward God? Would you take your hand right now? And reach into your bulletin and pull out this card. All right? That's how we want your hand to get involved right now. Take out this card. It says ready and willing on the top of it. And, hey, if you're a guest uh, with us today, just listen in. This is really not for you. But if you consider BlackRock your church, this card represents your opportunity to tell God, I'm ready. I'm willing out of an attitude of gratitude uh, to serve here at Black Rock. So take a look at this card. And you'll notice at the top that there are four general ministry categories. Three of these general ministry categories are focused on serving on Sunday mornings. Kids ministry, welcome center, and worship service. These three ministry areas are serving roles that take place on Sunday mornings. It's just a sampling of the different roles, but it's, it's, these all have in common that they take place on Sunday morning. What I'd like you to do is get ready to circle one of these areas or, or uh, check off the, the little box on each one of these areas uh, to, and then supply your information so that we can contact you about serving in one of these areas on Sunday morning. You know, maybe you're one of the hundreds who have been serving uh, on a servant team here at Notre Dame. Uh, guess what? Very soon, around uh, June 15th or so, you're laid off. You are laid off. You're out of work. Uh, we, we are going to have to transition you to some new work. Uh, guess what? We need you even more when we get to our uh, new home on Black Rock Turnpike. Uh, 
Would you use this card to be a recommitment, to recommit as a part of a servant team? Uh, you know, we need actually twice as many people to serve in our new facility than we had serving here at Notre Dame. So maybe you have not been part of one of the servant teams here at Notre Dame. Great, because we really need you now. Would you use this card to just be your expression saying, I'm ready, I'm willing, out of a spirit of gratitude to God to serve my brothers and sisters in the new facility. All right, besides these three general ministry areas that are Sunday morning specific, there's a fourth area on the card called facility support. And uh, uh, this category lists roles that probably don't take place on Sunday morning because this area involves uh, getting our facility clean and attractive for God's work in people on Sunday mornings. I'd like to share with you an article I read in a magazine some years ago. Uh, it's an article that profiles some people that are doing something that is frankly baffling to people who have not experienced the overflow of gratitude that comes with experiencing God's mercy. Uh, the spread opens with a photo of some huge windows in what is obviously the inside of a large building, and a man standing at the bottom of these windows with sunlight pouring on his face, and he's got a big smile on his face, and he's cleaning these windows. And the caption beneath the picture reads, Jack Maines, owner and president of his own company, does windows. And it continues. On Saturday mornings, instead of hitting the links, Jack comes to church with cleaner and paper towels. He says it's his way to serve God and keep his life in perspective. Sun has broken through, throwing long stripes of shadow behind him like artwork. In this kind of light, Jack Maines appears small, but that's okay with him because he's serving for someone else's glory. Later in the article, uh, it profiles a father and son team. Uh, it says, in one corner, five-year-old Tyler Nussbaum is dressed in a red polo shirt like his father. Tyler weighs 40 or so pounds. In the other corner, the commercial vacuum sweeper. By the looks of it, is older, taller, and heavier than his opponent. Such are the Sunday morning father and son outings of Dale and Tyler Nussbaum. While other fathers and sons do their own things separately, Dale and Tyler prefer to go to church together and clean. Tyler's father says, This is a way for me to instill a sense of stewardship in my son. I just wanted to show him how important it is to serve in the church body. It's also a way to have fun. We get to be together, and it gives us a sense of doing something constructive, something that's important, serving others, serving God. This article summarizes what we want to get going at our new revised facility on Black Rock Turnpike. During our transition, we reduced our custodial staff down to one full-time person. And the leadership of BlackRock has decided that instead of hiring two or three full-time custodians for our new uh, building to take care of it, we're going to ask you to do something few churches would dare to attempt. We're going to organize ourselves into once-a-month teams that wash windows and do the vacuuming around our building. And you know what we're going to do it out of? Out of a sense of gratitude to God for the mercy that he has poured on to us. We're going to do it out of a worship that comes from those who have dedicated their hands to be living 
sacrifices to God. So, to get more information on uh, being part of one of these teams, just check off the facility support area, give us your information, and we'll give you some more uh, guidelines on how we're going to put these teams together. Are you ready and willing to serve our church on Sunday mornings or before to prepare for God's work in the lives of people on Sunday morning? There's, there are so many good reasons to offer your hands in this way. First, it's a chance for you to express gratitude in the way that God has commanded that you show gratitude to Him. Second, you'll be put on a team where you'll be able to make some good friends. Third, when you serve in church, a miracle takes place. The miracle is that BlackRock stops being that church you go to and starts becoming your church, the church you belong to. You change from being a spectator to being part of the body of Christ. Fourth, you experience the joy of seeing hundreds of lives changed in our new building and knowing that you are a part of it. Everything you do to serve at Black Rock in one of these four categories, God is going to use to change lives, just like he changed your life when you first came to Jesus. Let me tell you about Rick and Julie. Rick is a banker. Julie is a nurse. And they have two kids, a uh, daughter in elementary school and a son in middle school. They live in a pretty colonial-style home here in town. They look like the perfect little Fairfield family. But let me tell you, let me give you a little private tour about what's going on in Rick and Julie's home at 8 p.m. in the evening. Rick and Julie are arguing again. For the past several years, this is how they communicate. They don't discuss. They accuse each other. They're both so busy, worn out uh, at work and carting the kids around to their different activities. And as Rick and Julie argue, their son does the same thing he does every time. He puts on his headphones and turns up the volume on the TV in his room louder. Unfortunately, the music that he listens to is a toxic blend of anger and the glorification of destructive behavior. Same with the TV shows he watches. He's gravitating toward friends in middle school who are heading down the same path of anger and self-destruction that he is. And then there's Rick and Julie's daughter. Rick and Julie think that she is asleep. They're convinced that she does not hear them fight, but she does. Jessica hears it all, and she cowers under her blankets. She pulls the blankets over her head to block out the noise. Hearing her parents fight makes her feel sick inside. And she's convinced that her parents are heading to a divorce, and she's probably right. So in the night, in her bed, in that pretty colonial, Jessica pulls the blankets over her head, and she prays. Her family does not go to church, but... Jessica has a friend next door who does go to church. And uh, her friend told Jessica that praying is just talking to God. So that that's what Jessica does every night. She prays that Jesus would save her family. Little does Jessica know that her neighbors are also praying for her family. Her neighbors go to Black Rock. And they've been preparing to invite this family with them to church when the when the new building is ready. They're the one, and they want to bring this one, this family, 
to church. So one day soon, Rick and Julie and their kids will come to Black Rock. They'll pull into the parking lot and be directed to a reserved spot by a trained attendant who is ready and willing to give them a warm welcome and point them toward the front doors. When they walk in, Rick and Julie and the kids will stop at a guest connections table where a volunteer known as a family guide will be ready and willing to escort them and their kids to the check-in areas. Rick and Julie will end up in a worship center uh, where they will be touched by greeters and ushers who are also ready and willing to contribute to what's happening in this worship center where Rick and Julie are introduced to the concept of having a personal relationship with God through following Jesus. And in the worship center, Rick and Julie hear about starting point where they will get to know more about following Jesus. They'll get connected with other believers in a community group. And eventually, Rick and Julie are going to reach out for help in their marriage, and they're going to get a marriage mentor couple who's going to walk with them and help them to learn to communicate in a better way with each other. Meanwhile, Jessica's brother is growing in the Black Rock Sunday School where there are teachers who are ready and willing to point him toward Jesus and away from self-destruction. And over time, Jessica realizes that her mom and her dad and her brother are at a whole different level of peace in a relationship with God. Jessica realizes that Jesus answered her prayers that she prayed underneath that blanket at night. The miracle of Rick and Julie and their family is going to be repeated over and over again over the next years in our new facility at Black Rock. If, if those who have received God's surprising mercy, if we respond with gratitude, the way God has called us to respond with gratitude, with an expressed desire to serve God by serving in the church. So how about you? Are you ready? Are you willing? If so, right now, take this card. We're going to take a few moments just to fill it out, and then we're going to pray, and then you get an opportunity to place this and your offering in the offering basket. Take a minute. Let's fill it out. Let's pray. Jesus, this uh, card represents something in, uh, in what our, where our hearts are with you. And we wanted to say again, thank you. But we want to go beyond words. We want to go to that place where you have said, this is how you express your gratitude to me. Lord, this is what we want to do right now through this card. And also uh, through our offering. And then we'll do the same thing as we take the bread and cup of communion in just a few moments, we'll once again get an opportunity to thank you in the way that you've commanded us to do. Amen.